Good afternoon, Barry. Good afternoon. Now, you're going to impart some of your knowledge, and the first one I'd like to ask is, am I able to earn any income that may not affect my Centrelink pension? Now, I mean income, number one, as a wage, like money for effort, and then the other one is dividends from shares or interest. Um, so for those people who receive an age pension or a disability pension or a carer pension, um, there's a, a limit that they can earn each fortnight without affecting them. So for single people, that's $150 a fortnight. And for couples, a combined income of $264 a fortnight. But there are some special rules that apply to employment income for age pensioners and also what we call deemed income on financial investments. Right. Now, are they treated differently or not? They are. And I guess the first one is deeming just means that when Centrelink counts income from things like bank accounts or shares or terms of deposits, it's not the actual interest rate. It's a notional or deemed or assumed interest rate. So at the moment... 3% on the first 44600 for single people and for couples 4.5% um, above um, uh, $74,400. $74,400. for couples. For couples, so fair enough. You might be earning a higher interest rate than the deeming rate, mm-hmm. but when Centrelink adds up your income to see whether you're over that 150 or 264 a fortnight limit, it's only ever this deemed rate on your bank accounts or your shares or your savings. So if you're clever enough to earn more, not taken into consideration. That's correct. Fantastic. Now, with wages income, for those who were over age pension age, so 65 for a male and 64 and a half currently for a female, um, there's a special rule where we don't count the first 250 a fortnight from employment income. So that's known as the work bonus. Only applies to age pensioners. Right, fair enough. Okay, now... If I borrow on my home, and I'm going to now, uh, this can be complex, but first of all, I'm going to borrow $50,000 on my home and put it into my check account. Does that affect anything? It can. So I guess we are seeing some people who borrow using what's called a reverse mortgage or a home equity loan. Um, borrowing the money itself is not treated as an income if, if you're on an age pension. However, what you do with the money can affect how much you receive on the pension. So it's certainly important that you you talk to us if you're planning to borrow money and you're not spending it, you know, within a couple of weeks. Fair enough. So if I put it in my bank account, then it becomes an asset, obviously. Yeah, and um, I guess there is a special rule that if it is a reverse mortgage, we don't count the first 40000 as an asset for 90 days, but we are going to deem or count some interest on that money. And we do see some people looking to borrow money to help out their children and give it away. And, and Centrelink has some gifting rules that if you give away more than 10000 in a financial year, the, the amount over that is still included as part of your assets and deemed for five years. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So it's better to get advice again. Now, I'm going to sell my home. What effect on my current Centrelink situation? Uh, first of all, I'm going to sell and rent. Um, the money you receive from selling your home can reduce um, the age pension. Of course, it depends on how much your home is worth. Mm. So it will depend on just the money from the sale plus any other savings or investments that you might currently have mm-hmm. and um, the deemed rate of interest. But we can pay you rent assistance and um, uh, 
the amount of rent assistance we can pay you does depend on your your um, rent that you are paying. Right. But single pensioners can receive up to $120.20 a fortnight in rent assistance and couples up to $113.20 a fortnight combined. Now, now when I, I forgot to mention to you, see, I'm being interviewed now, I forgot to mention to you that this was only short term because I'm going to buy another home. All right. And, and that's not uncommon in the I guess as people get older sometimes they find their home is no longer suitable so they're looking to move so there is a special rule that if you plan to purchase another home and you tell Centrelink well I've sold my home here's the money but I'm planning to buy another home not sure how long that's going to take we can exempt that money as part of your assets for up to 12 months however we're still going to count the deemed interest because you can still earn interest on that money till you've purchased another home and there is a special rule that if um, through circumstances outside your control you get delayed at building or purchasing another home there is a possibility to extend that assets exemption only up to uh, two years rather than just the normal one year. So again, get advice. We're talking to Diane Jones from Centrelink. We certainly are. Diane, now a married couple, a pension, a married couple, and their elderly parent dies leaving them a home. What are the rules for this situation? Firstly, should they rent and would the income be accessible? All right. The first thing is that um, they don't need to let Centrelink know until the estate's been finalised and they've received ownership of the home. But certainly before that happens, it's a good idea that they... Um, talk to someone like the Financial Information Service within Centrelink to find out whether it's going to affect them because um, whether they rent it out or not, it's going to be, um, once they receive ownership of that home, it's going to be included as part of their assets. So depending on the value, that can certainly reduce the pension even if they don't really want to rent it out or they've got some other family members uh, living there. So it's really a timing thing and you must talk to Centrelink... uh and that's, right. and that's we, it. Hmm. We don't deem or count any interest from a rental property. Um, and if you do choose to rent it out, it's the rent less the expenses. The same as the tax return would view it, even if you're not lodging a tax return. It's not the, the full rental because with the rental property, you've still got rates and insurance mm, right. and maintenance mm. fees. But for some people, it's the value of their assets. It's how much the home is worth and their other assets like current savings and car and furniture and those sorts of things. But certainly before that's all been finalised, a good idea to talk to us so you can get an understanding of how much, if any, it's going to reduce the age pension. Now, if if I'm a pensioner and I have a debt on my home, is is that debt taken off uh, my home as far as an asset is is concerned, or really it shouldn't be included in anywhere, anywhere, should it? That's right. So the home that you live in for Centrelink purposes is, doesn't form part of your assets when we add that up for Centrelink purposes. Um, so we're not going to offset that debt against other savings or investments or other assets you ha- own. Fair so enough. if you've got some money in the bank, even though you might owe some money, we're still going to count that money in the bank as part of your assets. Right. Now, this one, I've had many people mention this fraud if i uh, and this is a question if somebody knows someone that's misusing centrelink services um is it wise that they should do something about it because it affects everybody money from centrelink of course is paid by the taxpayer isn't it Mm. 
Look, most people are honest and use government services fairly, but if you've got information about someone who's misusing services, then please let us know. And it's important to know that you can remain anonymous and the information people provide will assist in ensuring that services go to those who really need them the most. And there's, there's three different ways you can, you can let Centrelink know. I guess most people still like to use the phone and there's a, a special tip-off phone line. But there's also, for those who've got a computer, you can report it online on, on the Centrelink or Human Services um, website or you can send us um, a letter in writing. So there's three different ways you can let us know if you feel that someone is misusing services. Okay. Now... We've got a couple of minutes left. One in question, um, and a lot of people are faced with, or a number of people are faced with this. It must be a challenging, of course, for families. An elderly parent must go into a nursing home for intensive care. How is the family home, or how is that uh, parent's family home assessed for their Centrelink rules? You're so, right. It's a very difficult time for families, and getting the right information is important. Now, for Centrelink, for the age pension, the value of the home is not counted as an asset for the age pension for the first two years and it can be indefinitely exempted if the person is paying what's called an accommodation charge when they go into high level care and they are renting out their former home to cover the fees. So when someone goes into care and they've got assets, they pay an additional extra accommodation charge if they have assets of more than 40500 Fair enough. So it's important to look at these things uh, uh, constructively here. And the next one, elderly parent needs care but can cope with a hostel-type situation. How is that treated? So we often call this low-level care. And again, if if the, the family or the person chooses to keep their home, it's not counted as an asset for the age pension for two years. But for people going into hostel-level care, they may uh, need to pay what's called an accommodation bond if they have assets of more than 40500 So if they don't have um, savings or some investments, then they may need to look at whether the home needs to be sold to pay that bond as a lump sum. Some people have some other savings um, and can pay part of the bond as a lump sum and interest on the rest and then perhaps um, pay um, uh, rent out their, their home. But each person's situation will be a little bit different. Um, and again, you need to seek um, what the options are with someone like the Financial Information Service at Centrelink. Now, the last question. From your experience... Uh, and in Centrelink, of course, how important is it to have an up-to-date will and two types of powers of attorney? Um, it's absolutely essential. I guess none of us are going to die, are we? No, but, no, 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 um, this is true. <laughs> We're living forever. Not having a will means that your estate will be divided according to state legislation, and that may cause family and beneficiaries um, hardship or complications. And, and even if they get the money eventually, it can result in lengthy delays for that to happen. Mm. And um, we're all told that we should review um, our wills at least every five years or sooner if our circumstances change, like getting married, getting divorced, those sorts of things, or, or, or difficulties with uh, children. But... Um, and the power of attorneys one is um, really essential. Even if you 
confident you can manage your, your finances at the moment, it's a good idea to plan ahead for a situation whether you have an accident or become too ill or frail to make important financial decisions. Um, of course, you need to be careful or cautious in authorising another person to act on your behalf. It needs to be a trusted person. That's the challenging thing. And, of course, those two should be done through a solicitor, I believe. Yeah, there's um, an enduring power of attorney. That's the type that remains valid even if you lose your ability to make decisions because of illness or injury. Um, it can be done through a solicitor. It also can be done uh, often through a chamber magistrate. So um, it's about making inquiries and, and planning ahead. Diane, on behalf of everyone at 2NURFM 103.7 and all our listeners, thank you very much indeed for all that information. Keep safe and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's always a pleasure, Barry.